0: So this is Jesus continuing in his sermon on the hillside there. This is God's holy and infallible word. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's God's word for us this morning. May he... Bless it to our church and to each one of our hearts and lives. William Marshall writes this. For several years, a woman had been having trouble getting to sleep at night because she feared burglars. Well, one night her husband heard a noise in the house, and so he went downstairs to investigate. And when he got there, he actually found a burglar. Good evening, said the man of the house. I'm pleased to see you. Come upstairs and meet my wife. She's been waiting 10 years to meet you. (laughs) Of course, it's not just wives who stay awake at night worried about intruders. There are a whole lot of concerns that can keep any one of us awake at night with worry. And they can distract us during the day, too. We're going to talk... This week, next, about how to get freedom from worry. And, and I, I just got to say as, as, a, as a, a preface here, I need a sermon on this topic as much as anybody today because I have tendencies to worry. It's ironic, of course, that the worrier got diagnosed with a brain tumor five years ago. I don't always understand God's ways or sense of humor, if you want to call it that. Even though the tumor has been removed, now I have one other major thing that I could choose to waste my time worrying about. Or I could choose to trust my God even more and put my life even more in his hands. I'm really happy to say that in recent years I've made progress, I worry less, but I'm not here to, to share all the ins and outs of how I'm doing there. But I am really convinced that all of us can make progress on this worry stuff by God's grace. So we're going to dive into what Jesus says. Three ways this morning to gain freedom from worry. First of all, respect its power. Respect worry's power. If you're a worrier, this hardly needs to be said. It's, of course, because of the power of worry that it can have in our lives that Jesus teaches us what he does. And it's because it can be such a struggle for people that these are some of the, the best known verses in all the Bible. Jesus says here, don't worry, not just once, but again and again. Do not worry. Why do you worry? So do not worry. Therefore, do not worry. He just keeps hitting it because it's so hard for us. It's such a common problem, even though we know we shouldn't do it, we know it's totally useless, we know it's foolish. Like Chuck Swindoll once said, worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine, and yet we still do it. It's still got this power over us. Our verses begin with a therefore, which means they link up to the previous verses which if you're here week by week, you know what those are. There's a connection, in other words. Earlier in chapter 6, we were there a couple weeks ago, Jesus had talked about our personal spiritual life especially when he preached about giving and praying and fasting. Then he started, this is verse 19, we were there last week, talking more from going from our personal life to more about how we relate to the world and the things of this world. And he called us to store up treasures in heaven instead of treasures on earth. And it turns out, and I think we all know this, Satan and sin can be very sneaky. We learn in our verses that even if we are freed in our lives from laying up treasures on earth, it's still possible to think about these things on earth and to get anxious about them and dwell on them one one pastor wonders whether verses 19 through 24 again we were there last week are especially geared for wealthier people which if we have a proper worldwide perspective we're all that in a sense because we've got lots of stuff we've got too much stuff, and our stuff can pull us down and and suck us in so that our lives become about storing up treasures on earth. And, And so people who have a lot of things, especially this passage, that need to be warned about the danger of storing up these treasures on earth. And then he says maybe our verses, starting at 25, are more for people who are poor Or at least those of us who are more just getting by, making ends meet. If you don't have an overabundance of stuff, your main danger in life probably isn't laying up treasures on earth. You don't have enough to do that. But yet, you can still be burdened by worldly matters by getting anxious and worried about them. But I don't think this is a rich versus poor thing. Anybody, include someone who is very well off, can be worried. Very few of us have ever had to worry about where our next meal would come from, and yet worry still overpowers us. You know, research, and maybe you've read or seen articles about this in the last years, they tell us that even kids struggle today with anxiety and worry like never before. And these are all kinds of kids, children who have little Children who grow up in, in the west suburbs of Chicago, too, who have more than the average child. Anybody can be pulled down by worry. And, and so we see again how tough the Sermon on the Mount is, how challenging. We can think from last week that we're doing pretty well there. We're, we're believers. We, we realize the importance of storing up treasure in heaven and and for the most part in our lives we're being good stewards we're using our money and our time and our talents for the lord for his kingdom we're faithful and active in the church we've got the right focus but then satan still can get us overly focused on earthly things by making you worried about your job your savings your kids safety your health and and when we worry satan is happy Because he has taken our eyes off of the Lord. Thankfully, we're being taught here by someone, our Jesus, who knows Satan and his ways. And he knows each one of us thoroughly, in and out, our weaknesses, our shortcomings. And he tells us what we as children need to hear. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. So first, respect worry's power. We're on our way to freedom from worry if our eyes are open to the fact that Satan uses worry to get at us. When our mind starts going places that it shouldn't, we can realize this is another way Satan uses to try to pull us down. This is spiritual warfare. So we're called to fight it. We're called to pray for freedom. Second this morning, we can gain freedom from worry when we refocus our lives on heavenly treasure. There's another way that the little therefore at the beginning of our verses connects with the previous verses. The word for do not worry is an interesting one. It literally means to be drawn different directions. It can mean to get distracted. And that's, of course, what worry does. Jesus just told us in the previous couple verses, you cannot serve two masters. It's God or money. It can't be both. And he said our treasure is where our heart is. Worrying is putting our heart in the wrong place. One of the best ways to get your heart out of the wrong place is to put it in the right place. And I think one of the best ways to help worrying is to take that energy and time that we spend on it and put our mind and energy to better use. And Jesus tells us what the better use is, what the right focus is. Store up treasures in heaven. Get busy doing that. Refocus your life from worry to God's work. We had this wonderful week of vacation bible school this past week 70 volunteers I, part of me can't doesn't believe can't believe that but then when i think about it it makes sense tremendous now not everyone can take a few could take a few hours in the morning this week to volunteer understandable but for those 70 who did for any of those 70 who struggled with worry Do you think during that time of serving, they experienced the burden of the cares of this world while they were busy serving? Probably not. There were a bunch of middle school and high school students helping, which was really cool. For you students, while you were busy here in VBS, did you have time to worry about your grades, your friendships? Do you have time to think about, the worry of choosing a college while you served, I like think it's very unlikely. Their minds, their hearts were taken off their troubles because it was on heavenly treasure. If there was ever a heavenly treasure to store up and to be busy, and it's what our volunteers were doing this week, corralling these kids, keeping them focused throughout the morning, not always an easy job, but all to share the love of Jesus, to plant the seeds of his love and his word and And we pray that they'll take root and be drawn closer to the Lord. I think of of Mabel, who's who's out for a little break, her sister Olivia. Plenty of opportunity for parents to have worries in this world. We worry about our kids' health. We worry about how they're developing physically, emotionally. How are they ever going to make it in the world we live in? How are we going to be able to provide for them? The cost of college, oh my, who will these precious little girls marry? I'm sorry, I'm bringing up all these things. When I meet people and they learn that I have a number of girls, I often get reminded of the cost of having to prepare for the cost of weddings. And it's like, hmm, thanks, buddy, thanks for mentioning that. I, I never thought of that. It never crossed my mind, you know, as if I didn't have enough to worry about having kids. There's plenty to potentially worry, about, but, you, but you know what? For, for John and Rachel and, and all Christian parents, you know what? They made some vows today about standing on God's word, about raising their girls in the Lord, discipling them, modeling Christ to them. If they're busy doing that, there won't be as much time left to worry. Will there be? As this family is engaged and active in the life of the church, as they spend time in God's Word and prayer together as a family, as they look to be involved in other people's lives rather than only focusing on their own family and help their kids see life is not all about them and their needs, as they seek heavenly treasure. For these girls, well, I don't think the worry is going to have as much space to take root. Jesus talks about serving two masters, calling us to serve God alone. And then he says, therefore, do not worry. Certainly, when we're busy serving the Lord and and his kingdom, our hearts won't have as much opportunity to get troubled And weighed down with concerns and cares. We all know that if we stay busy, we're less likely to get in trouble. Well, I think if we get busy in the right things, we'll also be less likely to be troubled. Don't you think? Related to this, do not worry doesn't mean do not work. The bird illustration um, is making a particular point, one particular point. We're going to get into that next week, the Lord willing. But the point is not for us that we are to be like a bird hanging out on tree branches and we'll be guaranteed food whenever we're hungry. No, it's not how it works with people. God created people to work the culture of Jesus' time. A lot of people were involved in in sowing seed, harvesting, storing in barns, and then it got to the table. Getting food works the same way today. It's just most of us are very far removed from that process. And uh, how we get food, there are complex social, economic market processes. We have a place in that. We work. We earn money. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians that if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Obviously, there are those who can't work through age, through disability, whatever, and a just society makes provision for helping those in need according to God's Word. But the norm is that we work. God has chosen that as a means, the way that we get our food and drink and clothes. Don't worry doesn't contradict other clear teaching of Scripture that calls us to work. doesn't mean we're passive in life. It doesn't mean we don't think ahead and plan. You think of, of Joseph and Egypt and how they planned for those seven lean years that were to come. God expects us to act wisely with the information we're given. He doesn't expect us to perch on a tree like a bird waiting and passive through life. And then you think about it, even birds stay pretty busy. We had a, a bird planting a, uh, a nest in one of our, we had our windows open for a couple of days because before the heat it was, uh, it was cooler. And in a matter of hours, a lot of that nest was, uh, was built. They stay very busy. They search for food. So God's word calls us to be faithful, living, and working day by day with our eyes on the prize. And the prize is, of course, Jesus. It's God's kingdom. It's God's mission in this world, through the church especially. And in doing that, with that focus, worry will be less likely, I think. Finally, this morning, we see that God gives a number of reasons not to worry. And we're going to just get started in here and then keep going next week. There's a song that was out when I was a kid by Dire Straits called Why Worry. I don't know how many of you know, it's a good song. And it calls us not to worry. It goes, why worry, there's always sunshine after rain. These things have always been the same. So why worry now? I love that song. That's why I can just sing it. It's a really nice tune. But you know what? It doesn't give any substantive reasons not to worry when it comes down to it. The song is kind of like a little pat on the back. Don't worry, it will be okay. Which is nice, but does that really help you? Jesus says, do not worry, and it's more and deeper than a little ditty. It's more than a pat on the back. It's more than Jesus saying, keep on keeping on. He gives us reasons through all these verses, stuff that we can cling to, things that can really help us. The first of these is more a big general point, and then next week the plan is to get into the details. So the first point, which is our third point today, recognize God gave you the gift of life and then so you can trust that he'll work out the details of what it takes to sustain you day by day. Recognize God's gift of life. The details will follow. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? In other words, this Life that you and I worry about. Where did that life come from in the first place? Well, Jesus' followers know the answer to where life comes from. Life is a gift of God. You who worry about the details of your life. If God gave you the greater gift, your life itself. Do you think he's suddenly going to stop doing whatever it takes to sustain your life and allow that life to continue? Well, of course. That could never happen. He who gives us life will see to it that our life is kept going. It's really a type of logical argument where if the greater thing is true, The lesser thing must be true. It's like Romans 8.32. He that spared not his own son, shall he not also always freely give us all things? If God sent Jesus to the cross, if he did that greatest of all things for our salvation, we can be assured that he'll work out all the little details of our salvation in our hearts and our lives day by day. Is not life more important than food? Yes it is. So if we're so important to God that he gave us life, he'll supply us what we need to live as well. Is not in the same thing with our bodies. Is not the body more important than clothes. Yes it is. So we can trust that because he gave us the greater gift, he will give us the lesser ones to sustain us and to keep the greater one going. It, it it's a reminder of where we look in life we look to our god science is incredible but it can't explain the greatest thing of all life it can't create life science can't account for life life is only from god and that's why we talk about the sanctity of life as believers we didn't randomly spring forth from the muck and now we just hope to survive people who believe that that life came by chance. Now those folks, they got reasons to worry. But God is the author of life. And that's more than a general big statement. Children of God, he's the author of your life. And God has a plan and he's got a purpose for your life. And God is sovereign. He's lovingly in control. He is going to carry out that plan for you. As people of faith, we don't always understand exactly all the things that happen to us in the course of our life, but we know that the one who brought us into being has a purpose for us and a purpose for everything that happens in our life. And he will not leave us or forsake us. He will surely sustain us until his purpose for us on this world has been completed. And when that happens, you know what? We've got something a whole lot better than this life. This life is sweet. We love this life. And I think the worry sometimes is that we want to we hold on to these things. But the Bible says, and I believe it with all my heart, that we've got something much greater to look forward to. Than this life. God will receive us when our time is done into our heavenly home. We'll spend eternity in his glorious presence with the all believers. So Jesus is saying, consider these things, think them through, draw conclusions, and then as children of our Heavenly Father, we'll increasingly be able to walk with peace, in the direction of our heavenly home. And then when we lay our head on our pillow at night and our mind is racing about those MRI results, about little Mabel's future, about our money or lack thereof, well, then we can follow the advice of a wise woman who said that before falling to sleep at night, she just gives all her worries over the Lord since she knows he's going to be awake all night anyway. And that's what you and I can do too, truly. So a start to freedom from worry this week, respect its power, refocus your life on heavenly treasure, and recognize God's gift of life. He who created you will surely, surely work out all the details too. Amen?